before this podcast, I'd just like to say a few thank yous. Thank you to speedwayresearcher.org.uk, to Dave Rowe, to Pete Ballinger at Clean Cut Sports, and this podcast becomes sponsored by Speedway T-shirts on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Go and find Chris Simpson and the guys at www.facebook.com forward slash Speedway T-shirts. Welcome to the next episode of the Memories with Contribuees podcast. It's me, Martin Coleman, again. And tonight I'm delighted to be joined by the first person that we were able to talk to from the treble winning side of 2007 and somebody that spent six years with the club in the late 2000s. And that's Rory Schlein. Rory, how are we getting on? Good, mate. Good. And you? Yeah, not bad. Thank you. How have you, have you found the whole lockdown situation? Ah, I think pretty much the same as everyone, mate. We're just, it's, you just got to grit your teeth and um, get through it and make the best of it as what you can. It's uh you know, you want to try and compare it to something else that's happened, you know, in in history gone by, but I don't think you can, you know. Obviously, you know, generations have gone through war and, and, and famine and stuff like that, but this is just a different kettle of fish. So, yeah. um, you know, I'm just keeping myself busy at work and and trying to keep the kids uh, from going Looney Tunes, you know, just on their <laughs> electrical de- devices, really. Yeah, we're, we're all in the same boat, mate. We're in the same boat. And, and, and I guess it's wrong of me. I should really have introduced you, Rory, as the, the reigning British champion. I mean, it was, uh, it was a great night for you at Bellevue last year in, in what was a, a really weird season. And, and I know from other, other sort of interviews you've done and stuff, it was something that you were, you were extremely proud to, to win the title. Yeah, i got to say, mate, um, you say season. What was it? Three meetings. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, just... It was just weird. Uh, you know, people asked me how I was preparing for it. Didn't prepare for it at all, really. Uh, I was so busy with work and uh, it was it was just something, you know, to keep riding and, and you know, it was at a track I enjoy enjoy riding and not, not too physically demanding, which was good, you know. I think Ipswich would have been a bit different where it's a little bit more physical. Um, so, you know, it was just, I, I said, I think I said in a few interviews, I weren't going there with any goals or plans or just wanted to go there and, and just ride. And, um, we tried a few different things in setups and that, and, and they, and they seemed to, to help as well. So it was, it was just nice to be on the bike and, and doing something that was felt normal, which was, was the big thing. And, and you, obviously it was a, it was still a decent field, even though a couple of people had pulled out for obvious reasons, but. Um, certainly something that you will look to if there's an opportunity obviously this season you'd look to try and, and try and retain it because it, it's something that um, I think you said you know you, you never managed to win the the Aussie title but ultimately you're you know you're, you're pretty much British now anyway, aren't you? you've been here a long long time and 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 quite rightly you took your part in that meeting and, and it's something you want to try and retain if you can this year for sure it, it, we I, I know like some of the big guys obviously didn't turn out but they had their reasons and, and, you know, which were probably right for them. And in the day, you know, they put the meeting on and you can only be what's, be what's put in front of you. You know, that, that's the, that's the simple thing of it. Um, you know, the field was reasonably still pretty good. You know, the guy, the, the racing was pretty tough and obviously to see a lot of the youngsters coming up, you know, mixing it with us guys as well. So um, something I will, will, will cherish for a very, very long time. And, you know, who's to say that we can't uh, replicate it, you know, this year, you know, as long as we get can go to go racing. Um, yeah. it, nothing would make me happier to, to try and retain it. So I don't think there has been a foreigner that's won a, uh, 
double British championship back to back. So, um, you know, I'll be there, you know, trying to bring the trophy back for, for another year. Great stuff. Great stuff. So what people want to hear about Rory is part of this podcast is we, we go back to 2005 and, and you've, you've had a couple of really good seasons uh, up at Edinburgh. Um, somewhere that you're still really fondly, you know, received when you go back there and when you ride in the Scottish Open and place like that. But how how did the move sort of come out to, to turn to Brandon in 2005? What was the what was the original plans behind it? Did you know that Compte were interested? How how did the the deal come about? Uh, I was I was actually having a, a conversation uh, with someone else about this because I I've just recently well obviously recently just signed for a club that I come close to joining instead of Coventry. Wow, okay. Um, you know, it was at a spell where I was doubling up for Bellevue and, uh, you know, I was on the rise, obviously, you know, riding really well, improving and, uh, you know, being one of the, the top under 21 riders at the time, it was, it was you know, foresee, foreseeing that I would go elite league. You know, Swindon were trying to, to get hold of me as well and obviously Bellevue, you know, while I was doubling up. So the choices were, were, were there and... Um, it was literally it was coming down to uh, Coventry and and Paul at the time. Uh, Bellevue were, were still one of the runners, but it was where I could see myself that a club would improve me as a rider. Uh, I got given some great advice from from Jason Crump on 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 the decision. It was actually Crumpy was one of the main reasons why uh, I joined Coventry. Um, and uh, he he said it would it would suit me it would it'd be good you know the clubs you know uh, moving forward and 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 obviously the things they had in store you know from that that year it was uh, it was it was a good decision and I don't regret it you know obviously we did sign and and we did um, obviously we didn't get too long into the season obviously going full time elite league but. Um, you know, we could have gone the other direction and probably stay uh, gone to Swindon and doubled up with Edinburgh for another year. But at that time of my career, I was, I was, you know, the competitiveness with me and people like Limbach and Lindgren and Kenneth Pierre and and uh, you know they were the guys that were I was racing against against in the under twenty one level, um, and they were all racing top flight and racing in Sweden and racing in Poland. So. You know that's the the direction I wanted to go in, and that was full time elite league, and and uh, the Coventry was the best fit for me at the time. And and when you were when you were riding at Edinburgh and Safari, where were you based? Were you, were you down in the Midlands, or did you have to move everything and, and sort of re reset yourself down near Coventry? Uh, well, we were we were when we first came over, we were living in in Edinburgh um, in a town called Armadale, then then Falkirk. But when we d- uh, Decided to do doubling up and that we moved down to, to Rotherham. Um, okay. I think it was in the 2004 season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then obviously 2005, we were still in Rotherham. Uh, we had a good base there and, um, you know, I had some fr- like friends and, and stuff like that. The, the Stead family really helped me out, you know, early, early part of my career. Um, you know, grateful to them. They especially helped me out, you know, in my early, early days, especially in the conference league with Sheffield and, um, so Sheffield, uh, Sheffield Rotherham was, was a good base and it wasn't until I broke my back uh, in 05 that we yeah. made the move from, from Rotherham to, to Coventry um, and, and I've been here ever since. And, and you, you obviously settled in the area, you got your, like you say, your family and stuff. So 
when you when you first moved into into Coventry in '05, I mean, what was the what was the situation like with sort of Pratty and, and Sandu? How did you get on with the with the management of the club? Well, at, at the time, you know, when I got out being injured, um, Mr. Sandu and Colin had come visit me in hospital, and they said uh, obviously I wasn't allowed to travel long distances. Um, they put me up in uh, when we had the riders' home, the riders' house uh, in uh, Binley Woods, and it was uh, Andreas, Martin Slaminski, I think it was uh, uh, Daniel Davison. I don't I can't remember who else was there, but there was quite a few of us living in the in the big house, and uh, it was quite good. You know, it was it was nice, you know, to be amongst the riders and stuff like that, and that kept me kept me in touch with the fans as well. Um, so. It was uh, it was nice, you know, and, and Sandy would, would would send his driver to come and pick me up, and if I had to go into town or anything like that, that, that he would uh, take me in, and obviously I'd go have me me weekly cup of tea with Colin. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, it, it, it was a good outside the injury. It was still it was still a fun time, you know. I, I was kept very much involved in the team, even though I wasn't in the one to seven. Um, they made me feel, you know a part of, of, of that year, you know, obviously we went on to win the league that year, but maybe not racing, but I, I felt, and, and I was made to feel that I was part of the, you know, uh, the team. And, um, you know, it was, it was a very good year. And, and you mentioned obviously the, the, the big injury. I mean, in your, in your career, you've had a couple of, you know, real big smashes, but this one, the, the, the actual accident with, I, I think Smolinski um, lost a bit of control on the inside and, and he wiped you out. And, and pretty much you you just started in that season. You just got your first maximum and and you were really looking like showing people that, you know, you were able to make this step up and, and you were going to go places and it and it came crashing down, didn't it? Yeah, well, we were just, uh, I think it was the first three, four meetings, we were a little bit inconsistent. We had some new, I believe we had some new engines from Johnsy and it was really the first time that it was like the first time proper new setup, you know, new bikes, new, like it was just the whole, the whole shebang. It was um, a lot to take on, but, you know, after thinking it was about four or five means, we started to get our, you know, our heads around like the, the the change. And as much as I'd ridden the elite league before, it was different. You know, coming in as a heat leader and um, new team, uh, it's still a track I enjoyed, but it was just just finding my feet and things were starting to go well. I think I just just qualified for, I think it was the semi final or the I can't, I think it was the semi the next stage in the under twenty ones semi final and. Um, that year I was one of the front runners to, to go on and, and be one of the top guys in that. Um, and uh, things were just, you know, going where, where we thought they would go, you know, racing in Sweden at the time as well, you know, picking up some points there and learning. You know, I was in, involved in a good team there, learning from Hank Gustafs and, um, you know, Kyle Alkenham, some really, really clever guys and, and everything just seemed to be going okay. And, um, and it was just unfortunate. It was a racing incident. You know, no, we, you know, it's just how it goes. It was just unlucky the way, you know, I dismet, like got off the bike and sort of landed on my head and ended up with a compre- uh, compressed fracture. So it was, uh, yeah, that was the disappointing part. Uh, and, and I know a few riders have spoke about this in the past, but I guess when, when that happened, did you know instantly that you'd, you'd done something serious or, or was it just that could you landed in such a heap you wasn't quite sure what had happened? No, I knew something was, I'd never... I'd experienced pain uh, in that uh, in that area before, um, like quite high up in my back, and I knew something. I didn't know it was bad, but I, I knew something wasn't right, and um, uh, it was it was only until obviously we had the scans and that 
you know, later in the hospital that they said I, I'd fracture me back. So, um, yeah, it, the only you'd say if you're going to pull any positives out, they said it didn't require surgery. It wasn't a, a fracture that wasn't um, unstable. Uh, they said it was it was a bad fracture, you know, because it was a very bad compress, but everything was in line, nothing was out of place. So, you know, just had a I think we had a body brace on for a couple of weeks, and then they said they wanted me to sort of move a little bit more and. Um, and that's why they said they didn't want me, you know, driving in vehicles for long periods of time and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was it was gut wrenching, really. But you know, that's that speedway when you, I knew that from an early age. I'd heard suffered injuries, you know, in my junior career. But you know, it was it was the first big one, and it, and it probably couldn't have come out a worse the stage in my career because everything was going up, up, up. So, um, yeah. but you know, we we fought back, and obviously we come back the following year. Yeah, I was going to say you'd obviously shown enough, Rory, in the, in that sort of couple of months that the club were were happy to to re-sign you, and you got yourself back in shape. And then you actually um, you showed the progress that you'd started two thousand and five with. You, you continued that, and two thousand and six, you know, you move up to sort of nearly eight and a half points average and smashing in double figures everywhere. I mean, did it did it feel like a fresh start? Did it did it sort of was it eight or nine months on the sideline really give you that sort of impetus to think that you were going to give it another real good crack? I was still pretty young, so nothing really phased me as, you know, yes, it was a big injury, but it it didn't really phase me at all, really. I was just so, like I said, young and, and just wanting to ride. It didn't matter. You know, I never thought past like the weekend, if you know what I mean, back then. And, yeah. um, you know, you know, I did a bit of a fun ride towards the end of the season in, in, in 05 and, um, and then we went back to Australia and, and made sure we got plenty of ra- plenty of racing in and um, you know we 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 had a good Australian season and come back and because the equipment was more or less brand new we didn't really have to do a lot and carried on sort of where we where we left off and probably a little bit hindered by a knee injury halfway through the year I think it was but we come back and and it was probably wasn't a hundred percent but still still did a job. Um, so it was, it was like, you know, we, we were getting there, but we just kept not being able to reach that, that benchmark, which I was set myself. But, you know, I think, uh, I think we won the, 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 the knockout cup in 06, I believe. So, you know, it was, it was, it was still a good year. And, you know, I, I still had a, I learned a lot, especially racing Sweden again that year. And, and, uh, you know, we, we, we seemed to, finish the year good enough and, and score plenty of points, you know, to obviously get a nod for the following year in 07 as well. Yeah. And the, the, during the winter, we obviously sometimes riders get sort of left out on the limb and, and signed last minute. I mean, were you ever at the stage where you, you didn't know if you were returning or, or were deals with Coventry done reasonably quickly and, and put in the bag ready for next season? Um, the 07 one was probably one of the quickest deals we put together. Um, Cause I think Colin, uh, you know, especially at that time, he, they were they were trying to build a team around like Bomber, myself. Uh, I think you know Morton was involved then, and and it was it was he was trying to keep that core together. So and with Scotty as well, and um, it was it was a base of a side that didn't you know that obviously Colin and Sandu and and um, Oaksy just wanted to keep a good solid base and I think we did for that that long period of time and I think that was part of our success really and obviously with, with Gennaro as well it, it had a that core base in it and uh, I don't think at any stage I think maybe in uh, 07, 08 you know that was the time when 
Um, me, Bomber and Scott were all pretty high on the averages. You know, they had to make a pretty tough call when uh, Scotty chose to sit out England, I think, that, that year, you know, for 2008. And they went with me. So I think maybe only 2008 was the only time I felt, uh, you know, that I didn't know whether – I didn't want to leave, but that was probably the, the year I felt that maybe, you know, I might have to look elsewhere. But, um, you know, I, I, at that stage, you know, the 06, 07, 08, I just – didn't want to ride for anyone else but Bar Coventry, uh, and I think that showed in your in your performances. I mean, I've recently during lockdown, you know, got a few old DVDs out and stuff, and you know, that there's some really good interviews with you on these on these DVDs where you can tell that you know, ultimately, as with anybody that gets into on the bike, that they want to win first and foremost. They want to win, um, and I think during that period, the the Scotty Bomber trio with yourself. I think there was a real sort of want for each of you wanted to be number one. And, and I think that not only did that push you all individually, but, but it obviously helped the team, especially in 07 with the, with the treble win. I, I, for sure. And I think, you know, at the time then, I think Bomber and Scotty were having, having an individual rivalry as well, you know, in the, in the Grand Prix trying to be British number one. And um, it only spurred us on, you know, um, obviously I was a bit younger, a lot younger than Scott and then, and then obviously Bomber was that fraction a bit older than me. So it, we were always pushing each other um, at, at any meeting, but it was never like, say, if one missed out on the 15, you know, we were, whoever missed out, you know, was straight there with the boys, you know, geeing us all up, you know, whoever was in, in Heat 15. There was just something about that 07 team that um, is so hard to, like, pinpoint it, but if I was to say that turning point in that team that, that made it extra special was when John O came, um, he made that team special uh, because I believe, you know, we, we were at that stage where we needed someone to uh, keep us sort of like that um, fun mentality that Sandu and, and Colin had created. Um, you know, I think we did we lose at home to Swindon? I think we did at one stage. I think uh, I think we lost the last heat decider. I can't quite remember, but I think we lost in the last heat decider. And that was a, a proper blow to us, like mentally. And I think Jono came in not long after that. And it sort of got us back where we, where we you know, were at the beginning of the year. And I think we went on a good, I can't remember the run, but it was a brilliant run of away wins. And, um, and obviously to one of the best seasons, you know, league-wise I've ever had. Yeah, and, and and you mentioned obviously you know Morton was was dropped for Jono and and um, you know it sort of made for some reason although Jono was considered a bit of a journeyman and, and he'd been to many tracks it just seemed to be that whoever then fell into the reserve berth that we we had a very strong one to seven and I know we had Ollie Allen who had injured himself and was trying to get back but it just meant that with rider replacement that with you guys all sort of riding to to top form as well it, it meant that we were pretty much unbeatable for the last sort of three or four months of the season. And you mentioned Swindon and I spoke to Roscoe a few weeks ago and, you know, they probably had the favourites that season with Lee Adams and Lee Richardson, Charlie Jetty. But in those finals in particular, we just seemed to be on a crest of a wave and, and nobody was going to stop us winning those trophies. Uh, yeah, well, you know, you, you look at the two teams and they you, you'd love to see teams like that again now, wouldn't you? They, It was a star-studded lineup, uh, Grand Prix riders and, and like a mixture of everything really um and you know i remember the 
Lee, we, we knew sort of it was going to be Swindon and us. And uh, I remember the conversation, like we, Pete was very good at, um, we were leading into, I think there was an away meeting at Peterborough. And uh, with the injury to Ollie, um, it was literally down to the, uh, Pete had a, a score chart for us to uh, ride to. Uh, Pete come up to myself and Bomber and, and people like that and said, you can't score more than this points because with Ollie being injured, we need, he come to me, he says, you're not allowed to score more than seven points tonight. And, uh, and I said, oh, all right, okay. He says, because that will allow us going into the playoffs for you to um, uh, have the rider replacements. And uh, it was it was sort of, I was like, okay, yeah, no worries. But we ended up winning the meeting anyway. Um, and I scored, funnily enough, seven points. And um, <laughs> so obviously kept uh, uh, that spot where I was able to ride. I do Ollie Allen's, you know, RR. So... Um, which was which was very important, especially in the in the final. Um, and uh, but that's how clever Pete was. You know, Pete had every angle covered and and knowing what needed to be doing at, at very certain and important points. Um, you know, when you had both, you know, Pete and uh, Pratty, you know, at the wheel, it was just sort of you know we got we guys just had to concentrate on racing. You know, so. Um, you know that that season again. It just you know there were so many people involved in 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 that. You know it just wasn't us seven. It there were so many other people involved in in that in that that winning team. And and you mentioned um, Peter Oates, and and he'll be joining us in in a few weeks as well. Somebody who like Pratty, because they've been in the sport so long as well. They they tended to know, you know, the, the whys and wherefores of everything. Whereas younger guys coming through probably wouldn't have had that knowledge about averages and you wanted to go out and, and win every race you could because ultimately, you know, that's what you're there for. To exactly. You know, uh, my mindset is you go out and win races. You don't go out to, you know, do the, uh, you know, only race to 50% or you only let, you know, have someone put a, put a bracket on you or something like that. It was, uh, you know, I, you know, I'd been in situations a little bit similar to that, but to that degree, it was, it was, it was different. Um, but it was what was right for the team. You know, that's what we had to make happen. Uh, you know, Ollie at the time, Ollie was 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 riding really well. Um, you know, for, for our second stringer, he was he was um, especially in heat one, he was brilliant in heat one because of his gating and, and heat eight, he was very strong. So, you know, we had to make sure, you know, if we could replace Ollie with 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 something similar. Um, and you know, and that was the best way to do it. You know, it was hard to I think bring in guests. You know, at Ollie's uh, stage of his career, you know, Ollie was more or less another heat leader and we had him at second string. So, um, you know, but like I said, there was so many people involved in that team, like Oaksy, Pratty, you know, down to our physio, Mo. you know, it was, it was a, it was a huge, huge setup. And, and you touched on, uh, on a couple of names, Rory, in that side. So we mentioned Jono uh, and obviously came in and sort of was the glue that held the team together. And you got Billy Jay, who, as we all know, is a, is a larger than life character. And and last week, for the first time I'd heard this story, and I think I, I'd love you to repeat it on here, was uh, the bit about Billy J, you and your, and your brand new kit bag. Um, I wonder if you could just tell yeah. them the story about what happened. Yeah, that, that. was in 06, I think. I just got a, I think I, think I got a sponsorship from Bell Helmets at the stage and they gave me the kit bag and she was a, it got to say, it was, it was a big kit bag. It was as big as a caravan. 
<laughs> and uh, Janeiro, like, because you go to some of these places in the in the change rooms, like like places like Ipswich, and um, I think Oxford was very small change rooms, and Swindon was even smaller. So, like, you know, this this kit bag took up half the half the change room. So, um, and I think Billy one night just had enough of it and says, "If you don't get rid of that thing, the next week, next week, if that's not gone, he says I'm going to put you in, I'm going to stuff you in it and zip you up." Uh, you know, I, I sort of just told him to go away, and funny enough, we um, I turned up next week at Cov, and he yeah, <laughs> he jumped on me from behind <laughs> and surprised me and stuffed me in my bag and wheeled me out into the away team. So, um, you know, but Billy was like Billy was great. You know, he was the sort of the Larry, and and um, you know, mate, you know, kept us all upbeat, and um, but we, you know, when when we went like. When he went to the tapes, Billy was as aggressive and, and as uh, talented as, as anyone I've seen on a speedway bike, um, and always backed you. Did, you know, it didn't matter who was in his team if you had the same same race jacket on, he, he would back you to the hill. Um, I think which everyone pretty much knows. And um, you know, it, like I said, that the team just had just a great blend of different characters and type type of riders. You know, so um, you know we didn't call Billy Janeiro the I think he was the uh, bonus point king for nothing. You know, he always more or less put the team first before, you know, before him. So you, you've you've managed to win the treble. I mean, things don't get any better than that. And then you've mentioned, obviously, in the in the winter into 08, you've you've been given a team place, and Scotty moves on, and 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 it starts off where you've now got you know one of the top two places in the team. But going from the highs of two thousand and seven with the club to a disappointing time, whereas during the season it was then you that were were released in the, in the summer and replaced by hands and ended up at Ipswich. How how did obviously how did it make you feel? It's not going to make you feel great, but how did that come about? How how soon did you know you were going to be leaving? The um, the uh, you know we we there was the first year I'd, I'd done it without my dad, um, and obviously I'd uh, I had a, a lot of changes in the off season. I'd bought my first house, uh, found out my missus was pregnant, and um a lot of things I had a lot of changes going on you know not you know making excuses but I had to adapt and 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 sort of approach the whole season a bit differently so you know it was a lot to take on on you know on my plate first year on my own if you if you want to put it like that and uh it just didn't just we just couldn't get off the mark uh riding at number one um felt a bit stale going into the season um uh, not sure why i don't know where i was just completely burnt out from the year before we we'd done i think we'd done around 120 meetings or something like the year the year before and i didn't really have a i even had a busy australian summer as well and um yeah we just didn't fire we just didn't we just didn't you know hit the ground running um obviously i knew you know if performances didn't pick up you know me had would be on the chopping block and i think I turned it around when I did have a chat with Colin and um, uh, and I think it was Oaksy, you know, you know, got to look at, you know, getting yourself back up and running. And I think I went on a run of two or three meetings where I got double figures. And um, I, but I think the change had already been made uh, pre that them them meetings. Um, and they come to me and says, look, we're looking at making a change, but we can't bring the change in until like another three or four meetings down, down the, you know, into the season. And I was like, so I'm getting the bullet. And they said, yeah, unfortunately. And I was like, but you still want me to race for you. And it, it was, it was a hard 
situation to deal with because I was very angry, not at Cov, but I felt very angry because the way they, they made the change because in the meetings I was racing, hands had, had come to the meetings and was on track walks. It, it made it quite not comfortable for myself. Uh, and I, you know, with, yeah. with hands, I was a little bit resentful, a little bit, nothing against it was, it was more, I was angry, just the whole situation, um, and hard to, hard to swallow. Um, you know, as time with me and hands, uh, uh, you know, great friends and, and stuff like that. But at that time, it was just so hard to, to accept that, how that change was made. I think, I think it was just done in such the wrong manner and, and, and it wasn't very professional, but uh, you know, the change was made and, uh, I moved on to Ipswich and, um, and like, I think I went on just before the change, I had three or four meetings with Coventry and top points scored from, I think. And, and then went on to Ipswich and was, and just went from strength to strength. And, um, I think, did we push to the playoffs? Did we make the semis? I can't quite remember, but we, we were, we were competitive. I think we had a decent side with Swiderski, Hample. Um, myself and um, it was it was a good side and uh, you know I think I think we we give when Cov come to Ipswich I think I think about a month later we give him a good thumping I think on one night so you know, yeah you did yeah, you so, give it the rock you know, yeah. sweet and sour, really you know, <laughs> um, still heart was at Coventry but that's just it was a good lesson to learn that probably one of my first lessons that speedway riders uh, as much as would like to be loyal need to you know it's very individual you've got to look after number one and uh that was my first lesson and you know you got to make sure you're taken care of you look after yourself and you know and and after that that's sort of how my speedway career went because it was speedway was changing you know the uh the sport you know we're losing clubs and stuff so it was like you just got to make sure you keep yourself in a job um but uh yeah it was it was a it was a season. Obviously, didn't start off so well, and then we we obviously finished pretty pretty well. I think we won the Scottish Open um, uh, halfway through the year, and and we did. Um, obviously, we we nearly won the ELRC uh, for the first time there at, at Birmingham, uh, which was really good. And um, yeah, finished on a high. So uh, for a season that started off not so well, it finished okay. So, so taking the the positive out of the negative, I mean, how how easy was it to do a deal to return in '09? Was it a case that, like you say, your heart was still at Cov and maybe finishing the season so well with your individual, you know, performances elsewhere as well? Did that sort of mean that when an offer was made, did you jump at it, or did you sort of bide your time? Well, the first and, and first deal I got was actually from Ipswich to come back to Ipswich, and I've got to be honest, I seriously considered it because I my relationship with with Chris and 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 John Louis at the time, you know. I had a very good and still do, you know, and, you know, great relationship. Um, but it was, it was at the point I had so many Coventry based sponsors. Um, it just, it, you know, it made sense to stay at Coventry, you know, with so many sponsors I had there, um, you know, and Coventry was my club. I was owned by them and, and I just felt, you know, that's, that's where I wanted to be. Uh, I did consider the move to Ipswich, but it was like, no, I'm, I'm a Coventry rider. I'm, I'm, I want to ride. And, um, you know, and we signed on for 09. And, and for you, Rory, I know every rider is different, but how much, when, when you're looking at a deal, how much does it come into, obviously as a rider, you travel the world, you, you know, you'll be flying out to Poland, Sweden, wherever, but 
did, does that ever come into it? The fact that you were you were based in the Midlands was it? Did the A14 every couple of weeks annoy you, or is it sort of? No, I, I come from Australia, really so traveling's not it's not it's not a it's not an issue. So <laughs> you know, we'd travel six seven hours just to do one meeting. You know, so uh, yeah, it was it, it, traveling was yeah. never an issue, and um, it was just purely based. You know, I was a Coventry rider. I had a lot of a lot of Coventry support from sponsors and. So it was, you know, it just, you know, I didn't want to leave, you know, it was just there. Um, and, uh, you know, it's hard to describe, you know, Coventry. When I left Edinburgh, like, like you say, you said earlier, you know, I still have fond memories and I'm still well received at Edinburgh. Edinburgh is always sort of my first club, but Coventry was, was the club that, you know, made me more or less, as in, you know, I stepped into a, like a professional, you know, rider you know so i went from that sort of junior rider and mm. improving into a, in a into a pro pro speed rider so um you know oh nine it was wasn't a difficult decision but i obviously did have offers elsewhere to go if i wanted to and, and you've you've mentioned edinburgh i mean it's somewhere that um i think the loyalty obviously that you've shown to british speedway over the years as well it obviously holds you in good stead with with a lot of uk fans but you make sure that if you can, you go back to the Scottish Open as well because it's it's a place you like going back to, seeing old friends, and, and you've got a decent record in that as well. Is it yeah, four times uh, now you've, you've won it? Equaled Peter Carr's uh, to four, four, four championships. So um, that, that meeting means a lot to me just personally. Um, before VCRs uh, that I'd watched with um, uh, back. Uh, with Peter Carr and uh, it was um, just watching them was sort of, you know, made me want to, you know, be successful at Edinburgh because, you know, some of the things I watched him do around there were quite phenomenal. And um, knowing that, you know, I'd watched him win three, three championships and obviously watched him win a fourth live was, was pretty special. And, and one of the guys I really, really looked up to, you know, when I first come over. So we're we're getting on to 2010, which was another another stellar year for the club. But again, um, midway through the season, you fell foul of of a team change, and uh, I know Roscoe touched on it a few weeks ago. And then you know he, he mentioned that he was unhappy with the fans because he made the change and uh, brought Lewis Bridger in and Casper Zach and stuff. And you know that that's twice in sort of three years that that through no fault of your own, sort of, you, you know, the team are, are making a change to, to go in a different direction. How how uh, how did it make you feel when it happened the second time? Um, that year was was a little bit uh, different to, to the year, you know, the previous time I got I got let go. Um, at the time, the club was, we, we were suffering quite badly from a lot of rain-offs uh, at the time. Um, and uh, there were a few decisions being made which I didn't think was was right at the time, and it cost us, especially some with some results at home. We raced in some conditions that were just ridiculously unfit to, to not even to to race, but to even to ride. And you know, we 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 lost some home meetings, which was down to basically just trying to run the meetings when we shouldn't have. Um, we were pressured into to getting these meetings on and. I've always been a guy. I, I, I'm never, never, you know, when I say something, it's never grey. It's either black or white. Um, I don't mix my words. And I said a few things that that were were, were truthful, when they didn't, they weren't received very well 
um, higher up in the club and some things were said and, and you know, we, I won't elaborate into it, but it sort of boiled over into the chain rooms a little bit and, you know, there were some issues in there. And um, at one stage I just, yeah, it just wasn't right. Um, they wanted to make a change and, and I was, not that I wanted to leave, but I just wasn't myself there at that present point. Um, and, I, you know, the decision was made. Uh, more so on their part, but I looked at it as well. That's their decision. I'll I'll go my other way, yeah. and that was sort of the the time I thought, well, I don't think Coventry's a place for me now, because um, I don't believe the clubs. It, it wasn't heading. It wasn't in the same league as what we did in oh seven um, uh, 09, I know we weren't successful, but the, the club was was doing was being sort of run, tried to run the same way in 07 uh, as in 09. Um, but 010, I know, I know, obviously Coventry went on to win the league, um, and uh, it was, you know, you go back and you watch that meeting. It's a very me- memorable meeting, um, and you know, another another trophy. But you know, behind the scenes, it wasn't. You know, as I say, it wasn't. It's got nothing on the 07 team. Yeah. Um, it was a very mm, mild atmosphere at the best. You know, throughout the season, um, and uh, you know, but at the end of the day, they won the league. You know, you can't deny that the change. You know, didn't work because it did because they obviously went on to win the league. So, um, and that's sometimes you know you got to take it on the chin and. And like I said, you know, that first being let go made me realize, you know, learn a lesson, and 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 that was when, well, you know, you got to be able to trust people in 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 certain areas in the sport. And I just felt at that time that was it was time to to obviously accept the decision and move on. And and obviously at the end of that season, Rory, um, quite well known that there was you know, the possibility that that Coventry and Peterborough wouldn't line up again. There was all sorts of of rankling, so. At that point, I think you went to Bellevue when when you left. Um, I mean, what at what stage did you decide that? Was it because the club we didn't know we were going to be at the tapes until probably second week of March time? Um, and and again, looking after yourself, did you did you look to seek a move early on? Um, when when I got let go in two thousand ten, I'd made my mind up that I wouldn't go back to Coventry for a while. Um, while you know, things was while there were certain people still in the club, I just said, I'll, I'll go out on my own for a while and, and see, see what, what we can turn up. And obviously when word got out, um, I was on the move. Bellevue uh, were very interested to bring me back. Obviously when I'd done my first stint there, yeah. uh, which again, we're interested, but it was, it was a conversation I had with Jim Lynch that sort of convinced me to go to Bellevue. And, and obviously another guy followed as well. Uh, which, which was bomber, mm-hmm. but you know, my, my I never said I would never return or anything like that, but the way things materialized from I'd say that point to the following year, um, obviously, the Bellevue wanted to buy me at the point, and mm-hmm. Coventry weren't interested in, in keeping me as much as they said they did in the press. Uh, you know, that wasn't that way behind closed doors. So 
you know, the decision was made that, you know, if Bellevue could come up with the goods and I would become a Bellevue asset. And and it seemed it seemed a sad way for um, a career that spanned sort of six years at the club to, to finish uh, like that. I mean, it, we're obviously talking now, Roy, you know, over 10 years ago. Um, but whenever you come back to Brandon with a visiting team and you, and you was on the track, you always seem to receive a, a good welcome from, from the Comptry fans. And based on some of the messages that I've had, on social media when I mentioned I'd be I'd be talking to you still very much held in in a very high regard the it, I, like, you know we touched it you know that 07 team I, I still think is for me personally is one of the best teams I've ever been involved in and successful yeah I don't think you can look f- any further past that team um you know I'm sure you were there that 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 night against Swindon I've yeah. never seen a British crowd like that outside Cardiff I've never, never experienced anything like that here in Britain. It was absolutely insane. Uh, the atmosphere, the just the the whole, just I don't know. It, it it's something you you read about, you know, where you know people do documentaries on. You see a lot of this stuff on Amazon and Netflix now. I, you know, imagine doing one on on that team. <laughs> yeah, it would just be absolutely brilliant. Um, so you know, I always enjoyed coming back to Cov. Always. Never said I've disliked the track or anything. Love coming and racing there, and um, and even obviously rode for Coventry a few times, guesting. So yeah, um, you know, and it was a very very sad day when I heard that they were closing the doors, and I just thought, you know, that was part of my life. That you know, it was a very successful part of my life, and you know, even though it was ups and downs, but you know, Coventry Bees will will always remain, you know, a big part of what uh, what I did and and who I am. And then that, they're great words, Rory. Thank you so much for that. I mean, what does the what does the future hold now for for Rory Schlein, British champion? Obviously, we're we're waiting to see if we can uh, get back to the tapes. I mean, you've you've got yourself a, a nice little career at, at Wolverhampton. Uh, again, you've you've got some great management there that have been in in the sport a long time. What sort of how long do you see yourself going on for? <laughs> well, if you ask Pete Adams, he'll have me ride until I'm fifty. <laughs> um he, he says he said he, he reckons he planned this coronavirus to keep me here to keep me in the country <laughs> so um look then i remember the year i i signed for ipswich in seven uh, 2017 i didn't have an elite league club and and um you know pete finally got his way finally convinced cbs to to sign me um and uh you know someone who i've always respected and when i guessed the wolves always enjoyed riding for pete and then when the opportunity arose and I just saw, I just grabbed it with both hands and, and it reminded me right. Riding at Wolves reminded me riding for Coventry, you know, it has, it had that, the fans, as much as I tell you what, we had some right battles over the years. The fans are so similar. They're they're, they're probably some of the closest fans to the riders as you know, that, you know, the being able to, you know, be in touch with the riders, um, very similar promoting styles and, and, just two guys I, I, I work really well with, um, you know, uh, Pete is, is a great man manager, knows how to talk to ride and together. Um, and CVS is by far one of the most professional promoters I've ever ridden for, you know, you know, when I think I was, you know, against CVS, you know, I wasn't, you know, maybe on his Christmas card list <laughs> for a while. <laughs> uh, um, you know, working with him and, and obviously the same way for him, it's, uh, 
couldn't see myself anywhere else really because it's just feels it never felt like I had to fit in at Wolves funnily enough it was it was something I said to Pete I said I just seemed to I went there and bang I was I was part of it you know the wolf pack just welcomed me in and I was part of part of the whole deal you know it felt like I'd been there for years um which like I said reminded me of of being part of you know Coventry and uh it um, now I look forward to Monday nights and and you know go there and have a quick sit down with 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 Chris in the office and then go and have a coffee with 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 Pete and then and then you know we do our track walk after that so um, and obviously I had a good relationship with Doc Bridget who was obviously the Edinburgh uh, track man who, yeah. who you know he's probably not as as prominent and and hands on as he used to be but he was there as well so it just had such a familiar feel about it and you know really really enjoy riding wolves week in week out and and final one for me rory obviously you've you've been here now i think you've stated you've been in here in england more than half your life um and being in the sport as well you've you've given a fair bit back to the the young british kids that are coming through just give us a, a couple of mentions as to exactly how you get involved with those guys Oh yeah, it was it was a, an idea uh, myself, Ian Sedison and Rob Lyon had. Um, we uh, I, we were sort of throwing around the idea of, of maybe doing something with Team GB at the time. It's about three four year ago, and obviously that that idea sort of was sort of knocked on the head when Rob Painter got hold of it. But we still felt like something had to be done, you know, for the youth, you know, for the for the you know future of British Speedway. So. We put our heads together and and got some really cool people on board, you know, uh, knowledge-wise, financial, financially, you know, got some boost from some really loyal and some great people and companies. And um, we felt that we would take a, a, a selection of riders who we thought were talented and think we thought could improve. And and we used our contacts, you know, throughout the sport, you know, with, with friends and, and obviously sponsored riders and stuff like that. So, it's a program that's now been been going since since 2017, I believe. It's obviously merged into the GB Youth now. It was formerly known as No Limits. Um, it's I think if anyone can see the the improvements and the uh, hype around people like Drew Kemp, uh, Jordan Palin, uh, Jason Edwards, Leon Flint, the Thompson Twins. You know, these guys have all benefited and been on the program since 2017. So, you know, the program's working. And I said this from day one when we, we, we first sort of started off. We, we tried to get a lot of support and backing, you know, from, from certain higher-up authorities, you know, in the sport. And we, we had to do it on our own. And, and now I said from day one that these guys will be benefiting from our success. And... Um, here we are. Obviously, their their hands been forced, but they are now obviously going to benefit from from what we have done, you know, and that's create a, a pool of riders which they can pick from, and we are more than capable of, of competing and mixing it with with the, the leagues they're going to be racing in. And uh, I have no doubt that in you know another three four years, the pool of English riders will um will be that large. You know, we can run whatever night we want to. We don't have to accommodate for Sweden, accommodate for Poland like we have to, which we have having been having to do for so long. Uh, hopefully in that three, four years' time, you know, they will be wanting to come back to us and ride in Great Britain. So, um, you know, that's that's where I see it, you know, for sure. 
and, and standing like that, Rory, I, I suggest when you do hang up the Kevlar's, will, will we see Rory Schlein the promoter? <laughs> uh, no, no, I don't think I don't think the BSBA could handle me at the AGM. If I'm brutally <laughs> honest, I really don't think they could handle that. Um, there's been a few people, even other promoters, said, "Oh, we'd love to see you at an AGM, Schlein." And I thought, "No, I don't think so. I think uh, <laughs> you don't need that." Stress. Yeah, I don't need that kind of stress. But um, no, I'm, I'm going to stay involved. Like, obviously, I'll get this year done and hopefully have some silverware with Wolves or Paul. And and uh, if we can, if we're lucky enough and good enough, maybe both. Um, but it'll, I'll still stay involved with the with the No Limits and uh, British Youth program because uh, you know a lot of people, maybe not a lot of people, realise that we were sending uh, lads to Australia for the last couple of year, years before COVID. So um, that will continue and, and I will still stay, uh, you know, in touch and obviously um, doing that with the British youth when they come to Australia and things could develop where we possibly in the future could send a whole, a whole team out there and uh, you never know. Uh, we could um, see me there maybe with a British shirt on, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's not often you'll you'll get many Cov fans wanting Wolves and Paul to win silverware, Rory. But you no, you are one of the good guys. I, you you go down in history um, as part of the two hundred seven, you know, treble winning team. And you know, thanks so much for joining us. And, and I'm sure that when the Bees fans do get round the tracks watching the action, they'll uh, they'll certainly be giving you a shout. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Cheers, Rory. Thanks. Take care, mate.